It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. On today's show, we've got our full deep dive into the matchup between Wisconsin and the Illinois Fighting Illini. Should be an entertaining game this um, upcoming Saturday. Not sure how pretty it will be, but uh, should be fun to watch nonetheless. Uh, there's plenty of sicko games out there. This might be one of them, UMass and UConn also on the slate this weekend. So plenty of gross games, but uh, hopefully the Badgers can pick up a big and much-needed W. So we'll dive into everything that they need to do to hopefully come away with Champagne for with a victory. Um, in the back half of the show, we do have Stephen Cohen from the Champagne Room on to talk and give an insider preview, as we always do. Um, about the Fighting Illini, he gave a lot of good insight on what's been going on with this team. We talked a little Brett Bielema. We talked, um, you know, their offense, what's been going on with them, because while Wisconsin's offense is struggling, Illinois is having some same issues, so it should be an interesting matchup there. Uh, we'll dive into everything in regards to this game. Matt, how are you today? I'm doing good, yeah. Got a little congestion going on with the weather change, but other than that, I'm doing well. Excited to to hopefully get things going this week and, and see if the, the Badgers, Brewers can, can get kick off the weekend right. Yeah, let's hope so. I know it's going to be a big day uh, Saturday afternoon with both of those games going on around the same time, so it should be a tense um, few moments, but hopefully uh, Wisconsin sports can finish, uh, get some sort of happy weekend. I know right the last few weeks we've been struggling with the Badgers. Packers have thankfully picked up the slack, but hopefully the Brewers can come through in some big moments as well. But uh, before we get into the football stuff, We've got a little bit of news to get to in terms of basketball. Um, the preseason picks for rankings are out, unfortunately, for Wisconsin. Um, voted to finish 10th, uh, bottom half of the conference in the official media poll. Not really all that surprising when you look at what this team is going to be bringing in this year. So 10th is is probably around where the, the consensus would be. Anything you take away from that, or is it just Wisconsin, you know, just having to come out and, and try and prove something and prove that they're a, a top half um, team in this league yeah I mean I, I think it should be motivating for this team you look at it it's it's a lot of younger guys not a lot of experience but you do have some pillars that you can lean on here um, it, it is interesting Iowa and Wisconsin Iowa edged out the Badgers for that ninth spot by one vote so it's not like it's all doom and gloom you're looking at two teams who are undergoing a big transformation um, I'm interested to see if how that middle works out when you got teams like Indiana, Rutgers, both um, ahead of them. How does that that kind of that that bulk of teams seven through ten kind of shake out? Is I think the main question because I do think Michigan, Purdue, Illinois, Ohio State, Maryland, and Michigan State are probably um, at a higher class right now than some of these other teams just based off of talent. But I, I'm is, um, interested to see what this team looks like. And I do think this is going to be a fun brand of basketball that this um, youth movement is going to bring about in Madison. Yeah, I think this group will be, you know, I know a lot of people, a lot of us maybe aren't optimistic with the way last year ended, but I do, do still think it'll be an entertaining group to, to watch and see how they grow. Um, you know, we're so used to so many veterans playing, knowing what they bring. This is the first time in a while we're going to have a lot of players that are going to be on the court for even even the guys that have played a lot, like Jonathan Davis, is, is going to be taking on a much bigger role. Tyler Wall taking on a much bigger role. So to see how they mesh um, in those new spots and see how some of these young faces uh, bloom into hopefully strong players. It's, uh, it's a weird time for Wisconsin basketball, but also I think um, kind of a nice fresh start to what's been a, a couple years of, of a lot of the same faces. So overall, the, the ranking right there, probably fair. But at the, we've talked about preseason rankings and polls before. Don't mean all that much, but 
really it's, it's probably a fair assessment of where this team is, and hopefully they take that and can climb a little bit higher. All right, with that, I think that's all that we've got for news, so why don't we hop right into this uh, Wisconsin football matchup, taking heading on the road to take on Champ, uh, Illinois in Champaign for their homecoming. Uh, 2.30 is the kickoff for that one. We'll go right into it because I think this game, when you look at it, Two offenses really, I mean, Wisconsin's offense really struggling. Illinois continues to struggle. It, it's kind of had a uh, great start to the season with that win over Nebraska. Since then, things have really, you know, came back to earth. Picked up a big win last weekend against Charlotte, but a Big Ten team like Illinois should still be beating up on a team like Charlotte, only a 10-point victory there. So things haven't been all that pretty since the opening week zero win. Wisconsin, of course, we all know what's going on there, so It'll be an interesting contest, similar similar uh, styles going back and forth between these two teams. Why don't we start with the Wisconsin offense, because I think that's the interesting phase to see how they attack, because, of course, Wisconsin wants to run the football, but I think you and I both agree they might need to look to throw the ball, and with Graham Mertz available and likely to play, I, I think not an air raid attack, but I think Wisconsin, to take advantage of the Illinois defense, has to put the ball in the air more than they're probably comfortable doing, or at least have more than what we've seen so far this season. Yeah, I agree with you. I think this is going to be one of those games where Wisconsin's going to be forced to pass the ball. I think Illinois is going to stack the box, dare them to throw. Illinois has been very bad against uh, against the pass this year. Um, total defense-wise, I mean, they're, they're 98, so it's not like this is a, a top-flight defense or anything, but they're about 50th in rush defense but 119th out of 130 teams in passing defense, and they've got some injuries at the back end. We'll see if Jake Hansen's back for them, their, their middle linebacker who, who really can make some plays, but, but I do think they are very susceptible to the pass, and I think if you have Graham Mertz back, which all indications are you're going to have him and Ferguson back, Paul Chris said today in, in the news conference that he expects them both to play. Um, so I, I think you're in a good spot, but, but you need to now hope and, and see the offense kind of start clicking. You saw that for two drives, right? Like that's, that's basically been this year as we've seen this offense click on a, probably a handful of drives all year long. So it's going to be a low-scoring affair. I just want to see – can they get the ball going? I anticipate that that uh, Ray DK is going to play another major role in this one. Hopefully, they can get the ball in his hands um, because right now this Illinois team is is not great on defense, but really not great um, in passing defense. No, yeah, you look across it. I mean, they they have faced some some good passing offenses, but overall, I mean, this is still a, a group that's susceptible to to plays through the air and and really big plays. There's been a lot of chunk plays against their uh, defense. So I think that while they, they have looked better over the last couple of weeks, they've improved what it seems like each week. I still think Wisconsin's going to want to take to the air and try to get the ball involved with their with their playmakers. You know, you talk about Jake Ferguson, of course, being available. He had a huge game against them last year when Graham Mertz had his coming out party. And unfortunately, since then, it has really been uh, a struggle for him. But maybe you could find some of that same thing. Of course, it's a it's completely different defense than what you're used to seeing with Illinois. You know, of course, Lovey Smith last year just kind of sat in his career, just sat in the Tampa 2 defense, and you could throw all over it. So it's a different look. Graham Mertz isn't going to be able to just exploit the same things. But I do think Wisconsin will have to look to the air to, to try and keep the ball moving. But on the, on the flip side, so far with where this offensive line is at, with where this run game has kind of struggled, that I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. I know Graham Mertz has looked a little – shaky and and not confident but I think that one quarter those two drives that we keep going back to seemed like a, a big confidence boost so hopefully that stays I'm not sure about the only thing that concerns me maybe a little bit is the injury if he's a little gun shy with that rib if he's he's a little worried about taking contact or if he's just trying to get the ball out because of that that's one thing I hope doesn't rattle any sort of confidence that way but it's certainly something that could be in play um, the other thing I know, um, the weather, there'll be a little bit of wind, so it might affect the passing game a little bit. But overall, I think that's going to be the recipe for success for Wisconsin's offense is to maybe not you know, not throw it every down, but they're going to have to find a way to, to put the ball in the air and feel comfortable doing it, not just doing it on you know the third and long situations that we've seen um, so many times so far this year. 
Yeah, and make no mistake, they're going to need to figure out a way to run the ball. Mm-hmm. That, like, that's got to happen. That is Wisconsin's bread and butter. They've got to get back to that. Um, I, I, I think Braylon Allen will, will see a little bit more action potentially in this game when you're going up uh, against a team who, who will probably be stacking the box. It makes sense to, to give your bigger back some carries, but but I really just think that this is one of those games where you get away from the fact that you, Badgers have lost three games they and all three of their losses have been to really good teams, teams ranked um, in, in the top 15 right now for, for good reason. So hopefully this is one of those moments where a little, a little step back in competition allows this offense, both the running game, passing game, things to click a little bit or at least look better. Um, in, in terms of a fi- finished product, because right now you're looking at statistically, this is not a great offense. Everybody knows it. Um, but I do think that a step down in competition should help them. And, and now it's just about executing, seeing if this offensive line can get some movement, can protect the quarterback. Um, because I think the last thing that the, the Badgers want is, is, is Mertz to get hurt again, um, or, or to re-injure that. So hopefully they can get the ground game going, which set up, sets up the play action and pass and can, and can allow this offense to get into a rhythm and, and maybe get some confidence going into um, that Army game and moving forward. Yeah, I think, you know, I know it's looked bad, but I think um, just getting this group, all everybody across the board offensively, some confidence would, I think, do wonders for this team for the rest of the year. And I think now you finally have a chance to hopefully take on an opponent that is, is not quite up to the par with some of the guys, teams that they've been playing. I mean, I know Wisconsin has looked bad and was supposed to be on the same level as a lot of those teams, but they've still played some quality competition and can hopefully figure some things out, get some confidence going, get some things clicking offensively against an Illinois team that has struggled throughout this entire season. Like I mentioned, you know, they, they won that first game, but since then it's been a grind for, for Illinois football um, to, to bounce back and hopefully Wisconsin can continue to take it to them and, and find some confidence in uh, a lot of those areas. All right, we've talked the offense. I think defensively is another interesting way to look at this game because I think you come into it similar to last week, Wisconsin going against a team that likes to run the football. Now, Illinois doesn't run it nearly as well as what Michigan's done, but they clearly have an identity. We know their head coach and Brett Bielema likes to establish the run, throw off of that. Their passing offense really has been almost non-existent with uh, Brandon Peters at the helm. He's completing just 49% of his passes. He's really looked poorly um, when the time he's been out there, honestly, I would not be surprised if Art Sitkowski, the, the backup former Rutgers quarterback, um, works his way into this game because he seems to be a guy that gives them a little bit more on offense. But what do you think is going to be the key that Wisconsin's defense is going to be looking to do? Is it going to just be take away the run and, and try to make whoever's in there beat them or something else? Yeah, I mean, I, I have full confidence that the number one rush defense is going to hold down Chase Brown, Josh McCray. Hey, Reggie Love, Jakari, like they throw a lot of different backs at teams. Um, um, fascinating thing is is both McCray, who's a freshman, and uh, Braylon Allen both wear the number zero, which is just really weird that you're going to have two number zero running backs that are freshmen in this game. But but back to the defenses, I, I think they're going to be able to hold them down. I, I do think Sikowski will probably play more in this game than he had the past two games um, with Brandon Peters back, but I think the biggest thing is is just not allowing big plays. Um, we we've seen that pop up numerous times here this season for the Badgers. And now, while Illinois isn't an explosive play offense, they do have a couple playmakers and some size on the outside that I think presents some mismatches. Um, Isaiah Williams is a really quick. Um, guy that they're going to try to get the ball in his hands a, a bunch of different ways. And then you've got some some bigger wide receivers to go along with him. Williams works in the slot. So I, I think the big thing is trying to keep those big plays from happening and try to make sure that those 50-50 balls where Brandon Peters or Art Sitkowski just throw it up um, to a guy like Deuce Fan who's 6'4", um, or a guy like Daniel Barker, who's 6'4", um, don't end up in Illinois' hands. Because I think that's the way that that they could um, beat the Badgers on the outside is those 50-50 balls where they throw it up on a guy like Fan Hicks who's 5'10". You know, so I, I don't envision this defense having too much troubles with a really bad Illinois offense, but at the same time, there's going to be opportunities for this offense because I don't see Wisconsin's offense being overly um, explosive out of nowhere either. 
Yeah, I think that's a really fair assessment. That's that's how a team like this with that struggling offensively hangs in games is hitting some of those big plays. So Wisconsin's ability to take it away will certainly be important. I think the other thing that I'd really like to see is is this defense. I mean, like you said, I have no doubts that this this top rushing attack or rushing defense is going to be able to hold up their end of of what they've done all season long. It's not like Wisconsin. It's not like this rush defense has not been tested by more lethal rushing attacks than this Illinois group. So I, I fully expect them to continue to business as usual up front with the front seven, take away the run. What I would really like to see is is this defense make whoever's in at quarterback uncomfortable, making him, even if it's just moving in the pocket, you know, Sitkowski's probably a little bit more mobile. Brandon Peters can get out of the pocket a little bit, but neither guy is, is really going to burn you too much in, in, you know, the quarterback run game. So trying to get there and, Really love to see this defense start to force some turnovers. I know when you're talking about an offense that's struggling, a turnover would go a long way. And so far this season, that's that's been something that this defense, while as great as they've played, that's been one thing that if they could force some of those, maybe get some short fields. We've seen other teams, a la Iowa in in the Big Ten West, just benefiting their offense with with tons of turnovers. I would love to see Wisconsin really take away the run, put you know, put Illinois in the uncomfortable positions, you know, third and long. This is not a place that they want to play from, not a place they want to be. And just try and take advantage of, of some of those areas because I do think there's going to be situations where it's going to be on the quarterback, um, whoever's out there, to to throw the ball and move the chains. And hopefully Wisconsin can get after the quarterback, you know, maybe force a fumble, create some interception, create some havoc. I know we've talked about that a couple times, but that's been the one thing that this defense, while as great as they've been, could do a little bit more, and it's 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 kind of mean to ask this defense for more. But when your offense is struggling the way it is, I think those uh, a few turnovers or, or short fields would really really go a long way. Yeah, because I do see this being a very low scoring game, so turnovers could honestly just be the deciding factor in a lot of ways. Um, so far this season, Wisconsin, as everyone knows, is dead last in FBS with a negative two turnover margin. Whereas if you look at Illinois, they're 14th in the nation at plus one. Um, that's one aspect that didn't change since Lovey left. Um, is they've still been optim- uh, opportunistic. They don't turn the ball over an offense, which is the biggest reason mm-hmm. for their numbers. Um, but Wisconsin, on both sides of the ball, this would be just such a huge game to to take a chip away a little bit at that turnover margin and try to get out of last position um, and, and have the turnover margin flip your in your favor so that you can get some positive um, field position and help yourself out. Yeah, I think that would be absolutely huge when you talk about an offense that, that struggled to, to not only take care of the ball for confidence sake, but for the defense to really um, force those and, and put that offense in a position to hopefully strike and take advantage of um, some short fields and, and everything like that and maybe make a play of their own. I know there's going to be guys on that defense that are hungry for maybe a, a big man touchdown, a scoop and score, something like that would be awesome to see for this group that's that's Worked really hard, but unfortunately been on a, a tough result with this team coming into this game at 1-3. and three. All right, so overall, in terms, we've talked offense, defense. What's the one matchup that you're watching? Is it, is it the Wisconsin pass offense? Is it something on defense? What's the, the key areas that you'll be kind of watching for in this game? So in my matchup of the week, I actually talked about the passing game, attacking kind of this weaker defensive secondary that Illinois has. But really – I, I think the defense is going to be um, able to do their part. The offense is what scares me, and what scares me on the offense for Wisconsin is turnovers. It, that still hasn't like gone away miraculously. Graham Mertz did a better job of taking care of the football in the half of, of play that he put in against Michigan, but this is still an offensive line that's struggling. This is still a quarterback who is, is kind of on shaky ground, especially now with the injury. So I'm going to be watching is can they stop a guy like Owen Carney, their outside linebacker, from getting to the quarterback. He's, he's a bigger kid at 6'3", 275. Um, he's really come on these last three games. He has a sack against Maryland, a sack and a half against Purdue, and a, two sacks against Charlotte. So he, he's an All-American, uh, or I should say a conference All-American coming into the year. He, he's living up to that. He's a talented player. So I want to see, can the offensive tackles bounce back a little bit here? put together some uh, a good game and keep Graham Mertz upright. I think that's a, a matchup to watch because if you are going to be passing the ball, we know that Wisconsin's pass pro has not been great. Can that 
um, unit get the job done? Can the running backs can help them out with chips and and picking up protection? Because they do anticipate that Illinois is going to bring heat and and say, hey, pass it. We know that's our weakness, but we're going to try to get to you um, and force you to make silly mistakes. And and so it's on Graham Mertz in this offensive line to to make those plays happen. I think and. Carney is going to be the guy to watch from their front seven. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's what this matchup is, is definitely going to come down to is is not only protecting the ball, but also you know throwing it around and, and trying to get some some positive momentum as you move the ball forward. I think a, a strong offensive game. And I, I'm not saying this team has to come out and, and put up a ton of points. That's that's not necessarily um, you know Wisconsin's mo. It's just playing consistently, playing in front of the chains, and trying to put together some nice drives. Um, and and be confident in the in the way that they're playing um, the offensive side of the game because right now I think across the board everybody one through eleven on that offensive side of the ball is is knowing that they can be better and wanting to be better and this is an opportunity to do so but if they're not if they're if you're if you're putting yourself in negative positions it's going to be a lot of the same thing that we've seen throughout this season I mean when when Wisconsin hasn't moved the ball when they've struggled in the offensive line when they turn it over we've seen the results so I just think. Overall, if the, I wouldn't say it's one key matchup. It's just everybody trying to, to play better and move themselves forward in this game. I mean, there's certain things that you could look at, and you could say Illinois' pass defense is struggling, but I think you've got to take onus of your own play and, and really have this offense just try to execute better and, and do things that you know they're capable of. I don't think this Wisconsin offense is as bad as it looked, but until we see it, until we see a clean game where they play the way they should, it's hard to, to buy into. So um, I'm hoping that they'll come out and see that way, but I can understand anyone who's listening that is a little reserved until we see it on the field on Saturday. Absolutely. I mean, at, at this point, this isn't the type of game where you look at it on paper and think, oh, Wisconsin should boat race them, right? Like this, this isn't that type of game because we haven't seen – this Wisconsin team live up to expectations in the in the slightest bit. So I think this is going to be a closer game than even what the spread is showing at this point because I just think it's going to be an ugly game of football, to be perfectly honest. And it, it's a bummer that Penn State and Iowa are playing at the exact same time. Yeah, a couple of a Big Ten rock fights is what we might see on, on this fabulous uh, October weekend. All right, so we've talked kind of the, the game plans for both sides of the football. Um, we'll go ahead and get into the, the players we'll be talking about, score prediction and Big Ten picks. But before we do that, we do have an ad read to get to in homefieldapparel.com. Um, of course, the newest sponsor. They sponsored our podcast here before. They finished up Season 2 of Big Noon Saturday a couple weeks ago. They, had, of course, had Wisconsin, Michigan, Notre Dame, LSU, USC, among other schools in that. Um, a ton of archived retro logos. Actually, today, I believe they released their South Florida line, so still releasing some new schools. Some of the softest shirts and sweats that I own. I know Matt has quite a few. I know Drew, our site leader, has uh, a ton of home field uh, apparel stuff as well. So, guys, make sure to go over and check them out at homefieldapparel.com. All right, we'll get into our predictions and things now. Let's go ahead and start with the, the players we'll be talking about. Who are we going to be talking about come uh, Sunday? with hopefully a Badger victory. So I honestly think it's it's going to be Graham Mertz either way, just because of the injury, because there's so much riding on his shoulders with this offense right now. Um, but but I do think that the player that is going to continue to get some buzz is going to be Braylon Allen. I do think he's going to see more carries in this game. Paul Chris kind of t- hinted at that. Um, following the Michigan game that, hey, he looked good. I think they're going to look back and see, hey, the two drives that they actually were able to move the ball and string some things together, he was on the field quite a bit, and he was the guy who was able to push the pile forward. So I think he will get more carries. So I'm going to go with Braylon Allen. Defensively, um, I I think it could go a lot of different ways with this defense, but I I just think that there's going to be – one of the guys in the secondary is going to get an interception. I think that this Illinois team is going to have to throw the ball. Um, I, I want to say it's going to be um, either Colin Wilder or John Torchio. One of those two safeties is going to end up making a play on a ball, end up, and maybe it's just a tip pass that ends up in their hands. But I think one of those two guys is going to have a, a big play to help out the defense. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think someone in that secondary, I was thinking to say Caesar Williams, but maybe jumping her out, something like that. But, yeah, I, I could see this defense hopefully coming up with some turnovers 
and being um, uh, some plays that we talk about, or maybe it's a, a forced fumble with, with some pressure on Peters. Maybe a guy like Matt Henningsen, um, a scoop and score, something like that. Offensively, totally agree with you as well. Um, I think Braylon Allen will be a name. This just feels like a situation where, you know, Paul Chris talked about it on Monday in his presser that you could kind of see that his momentum or his moment, his opportunity was seeming to come. And, and that seemed like a hint to the media and everybody else that, hey, Braylon Allen's going to get some touches here moving forward, more so than he did this past week. He did a lot of good things. Right now you're looking for somebody to give you that positive momentum. Right now you're struggling to run the ball. If you've got a big, <laughs> big strong bruiser in the backfield that you can go to in a game like this, that's a guy that, that you could certainly rely on. So I think that's a name that you could go to. When you look at just um, throwing the ball and, and probably going to have to drop back and pass more, last year we, of course, saw big games from Danny Davis, Jake Ferguson. Haven't heard a ton from those guys so far this season. I mean, Davis has had a, quite a few more catches, but some of them have just been in garbage time. Jake Ferguson, the opposing defense just seems to scheme out and, and take him out completely, but hopefully he can find some seams and, and put together a nice game because he's a guy that played really well against Illinois last year and, and would be nice to see him get going um, as this team moves forward because he's your, you know, probably your best offensive weapon. The ball needs to still try to find a way to, to get in his hands, and hopefully that is uh, the way things go on Saturday. I agree. I hope Ferguson has a good game because he really just hasn't had opportunities this year, and I hope he does. Um, another thing that like I noticed in rewatch from last week was that they – they did kind of the Randall Cobb where they took Tim Ray DK out of the backfield and shifted him out into the slot. I'm interested to see if that's something that continues or if maybe they try to get a guy like Jalen Berger. Like if if you see that Braylon Allen starts being your running back one, do you get a guy like Jalen Berger who's played in the slot, a lot, some more reps out there as well? So I think those are some of the things that there's going to need to be changes with this offense as the season goes on. What are the wrinkles that they start throwing in there? And um, I think if you're trying to get your best 11 out, those are a couple athletes that I think could have big games as well. Yeah, I like that a lot. I think that could certainly be a, a thing to watch for in this one. All right, well, that brings us to the score prediction. What do you think is going to be the end result in what should be a classic uh, Big Ten fest in full display? Yeah, I mean, this isn't a game that I feel great about, to be perfectly honest, just because um, I, I think Bielema is going to have his team fired up. This is this game means a ton to him. But I just think Wisconsin has their back against the wall so much that they would really need to crumble in order to lose this game, I think. Um, I do think it's going to be a hell of a lot closer than what that spread is right now. I think last time I saw it was like 10 and a half. Is that right? Yeah, up to up to eleven actually at some place okay. ten and a half right now is where it's floating around. So Which is which is a lot. I don't I don't necessarily see that. I could I could imagine a, a case where the Badgers cover, but because Illinois can't do anything on offense. But um I just think this is gonna be a rock fight. I'm I think the Badgers will win. Um I've come around to that before. I was gonna pick Illinois to be perfectly honest. Um but Illinois just really hasn't hasn't been able to do anything on offense. I mean, you look at their last couple games scoring-wise, it just hasn't been pretty game by game. So I'm going to go with the Badgers to win, but I, I think it's honestly going to be like a 17-3 game. Oh, I guess, no, let's go with 17-14 um, game. Um, but but I wouldn't be surprised if it's something like 17-3 where the Badgers cover, um, and it's just because the defense was so damn good. Yeah, I, I'm the same wavelength uh, as you on that one. I think you don't – I don't really feel confident about this offense just coming out and, and lighting the world on fire. I think they will be better. I think for me it's just I look at the way this defense has played going against this offense, and it's just I don't see how, how Illinois, unless this defense just comes out and looks completely different from what they have been throughout this season, I just, I just feel like it's going to be really tough for Illinois to, to move the ball and, and score the football consistently. Um, so I think it could be where the, the offense looks a little bit better and, and the defense just continues to be as strong as ever. So I was thinking like 24-10, uh, maybe 24-13, something. Maybe you know maybe the offense doesn't even get you. Maybe it's a tight game, you know, like a 14-10 game, and then the defense comes through with a, a nice turnover or something like that, something where all of a sudden you look at it, Wisconsin punches one in um, late in, in a tight game and, and ends up covering the spread, but maybe it's a – 
tighter game than what the the final score reveals. So I'm hoping this offense comes out and, and looks a little bit better, and maybe it's even a bigger gap than that. But right now, I'll say a a classic Big Ten rock fight punt fest. Uh, 24-10 Wisconsin comes away with the victory, and we have a little bit more confidence going forward. But I think there'll still be some uh, kinks that have to be worked out. Yeah, I mean this this is one of those games that they've got to win. Like if you want to go to a bowl game, this is one you've got to win um, right now. And looking at it, as long as Wisconsin doesn't turn the ball over, if they can exercise those turnover demons, I think they'll be able to win this game. If we see that they go out and are sloppy and turning the ball over all all over the field again, then it could get really ugly for the Badgers, and I don't think anybody wants to see that. No, we certainly don't need to see that game um, uh, for a fourth time. We've seen uh, some pretty ugly performances so far, and hopefully we get uh, something a little different on Saturday. All right, that wraps up our preview. We'll go ahead and now do our Big Ten tech, uh, Big Ten picks. Not a ton of games on the slate for the Big Ten. A few teams off this weekend. Um, we'll start with the 11 a.m. kickoff games. We've got Michigan State traveling to Rutgers. Who do you like there? I actually think this is a kind of a sneaky, trappy game for, for Michigan State. Uh, Rutgers is, is not going to be the best team in the world, but but I think Michigan State will win, but I think it's going to be pretty close. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. I don't really love either side of it. I know Rutgers is coming off that, that tough loss to Ohio State, but they've looked a lot better than, than what they looked in that in their other contests. So I think this could be a, a close game, a three-point game. I'd probably lean with Michigan State to, at the end, but I would not be surprised at all if uh, if Rutgers was able to pull off an upset in that one. All right, up next in the 11 o'clock slate, you've got Ohio State taking on Maryland. Who do you like there? I think Ohio State's going to absolutely crush Maryland. I agree. This team, they're starting to look like they've turned a corner a little bit um, for Ohio State. The offense continues to click. The defense has looked um, better in, in limited opportunities. They looked really good last week against Rutgers, but again, that's a, a Rutgers offense. Um, I think Ohio State rolls here as Maryland is, is just kind of uh, a better team, but they're not quite to, to that level to, to go into um, you know Ohio State and, and win in that road environment. All right, the other uh, 2.30, 3 o'clock, 3 o'clock slate, Penn State travels to Kinnick. It will be on the same time, as you mentioned, as the Badger game. Should be a fun one, low scoring, probably likely for, for that one as well. Who do you like in a huge top five Big Ten matchup? I, I, I think eventually Iowa's turnover luck has to run out, and I'm going to go with Penn State. But at the same time, I would not be surprised if Iowa is able to muck up this game and get a win. I trust Penn State's offense and defense combination a little more than Iowa, so I'll go with them. But, yeah, I, I think this is a toss-up game. I agree with you. I, I cannot imagine that this this turnover uh, voodoo magic that Iowa seems to have continues. Maybe it does, but, I mean, for you know, every week it seems like this team, and credit, you have to give credit to the Iowa defense. They're in positions to make some of these plays, but, I mean, last week, Tagovailoa not having one interception coming in and, and throws five, it just I don't think you can account for that game in and game out. Trying to rely on Sean Clifford to not turn the ball over on the road is probably a risky, uh, risky site, but I do think Penn State, um, you know, figures it out, hangs on to the football, and, and it ekes out a, a victory very similar to what we saw a couple years ago. I think it was like 17-12. I don't think it's gonna be high scoring. It'll be a ugly game like that, but Penn State um, finds a way to win it. All right, the night slate is of course headlined by a Michigan, tra- Michigan traveling to Nebraska, and which should be an interesting game. As well, who do you like there? I think Nebraska's going to win. Um, I just think I think this is one of those games where Michigan's riding high, coming off the a, a win. They've looked really good. Everything's in front of them. But you you just look at this team and you you can't pinpoint the spot where it's like, yep, that's where they're amazing at. Um, they can run the ball. Nebraska's defense has been pretty solid this year. So I, I think at home at night uh, in a big time. Um, environment. I think Nebraska is going to keep it close. I'll say they'll win outright, but honestly, I, I doubt it. It's probably going to go Michigan ways, but just for the sake of fun, I'm going to go with Nebraska. I like that pick a lot. I know there's been a lot of people that have been picking and, and trending towards Nebraska winning this game. I, I tend to agree with it. I mean, it seems like a spot where, like you said, Michigan coming off a huge um, you know, victory 
on the road in Camp Randall. I know Wisconsin's not playing well, but that's a big momentum booster for them going forward. That's usually Michigan of the last few years. That's a game they lose. So all of a sudden now you've got to turn the page to Nebraska. A night game there is is a certainly difficult place to play. Nebraska of old, I know they've been a punching bag. They've been soft in the trenches. They've struggled. That's not the same Nebraska team right now playing really good run defense. They're running the ball all right. It's just the silly mental mistakes that have killed Nebraska so far um, this season. So I'll take the the Cornhuskers with you there. I do think that this seems like a moment where Scott Frost maybe finally picks up a quality win, um, but there is always that chance that Nebraska looks like the team that should win, and then they make a boneheaded special teams mistake or they turn it over, I mean, <laughs> it's similar to Wisconsin where they've got just the turnover prone, the special teams mistakes in a game that they could win, but um, they end up losing. So that's certainly on the table, but I think right now this seems like a game that Nebraska could certainly pull off a, a huge upset in the Big Ten. All right, guys, well, that wraps up our portion of the show. Um, stick with us now. We've got a couple more quick ad reads, and then we'll get into a further Illinois preview with Stephen Cohn of the Champagne Room. Uh, Matt and I will, of course, be, we'll be back with you next week to recap the game. As always, thank you guys for listening. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, Badger fans, we are now joined by our guest from the Champagne Room, Illinois' SB Nation site. If you're looking for an insider look on the Illinois Fighting Illini, make sure to go check them out at the Champagne Room. Do a ton of great job, of course, covering Illinois football, and soon we'll be covering, of course, Illinois basketball. That season will be tipping off. Before we know it, we're joined by Stephen Cohn. Um, he has been on our podcast before to give us a preview on the Illinois Fighting Illini, so we'll talk about everything that has to do with what should be a wonderful matchup between the Wisconsin Badgers and Illinois. Steven, how are you today? You mentioned the basketball part, and that's, <laughs> I think that's what we're looking forward to again, um, although that season ended in pretty devastating fashion in a lot of ways for the Illini. Uh, that's what we are only 35 days away from at this point. So <laughs> rather than talk about that for 15 minutes, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if uh, Wisconsin basketball fans will share quite the same enthusiasm <laughs> um, with no idea what, which way this program, that program is currently going. Um, a bunch of veterans gone, and now a bunch of young guns with uh, a little bit of off-season <laughs> drama um, and last year drama sprinkled yeah. in. So basketball season, we'll, we'll see how it ends up compared to football season because right now football season for us <laughs> is not trending in a great direction. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess our job requirements are to uh, talk about this football <laughs> game. So, um, I, like you, I'd probably rather talk about something else, but uh, this is where we make our money is talking Wisconsin football and basketball. So we'll get into that. And I think we'd be remiss if we did not start with the one and only Brett Bielema. Um, every listener on this podcast um, probably has an opinion of him on the Wisconsin side. Some fans are still angry with the way it ended. I think uh, I speak for myself, but I know a lot of fans and I'm kind of on this side have moved on from that and forgiven them, and I think Brett Bielema in the Big Ten makes a ton of sense. But how are Illinois fans taking the hire thus far? Because I know when it started, uh, the win against Nebraska, that's always a good way to start, but then um, some struggles, but a win last week. So how are they feeling about uh, old Burt as the uh, head ball coach? Well, I think you've got to go back all the way to December at this point. It's when Illinois fires Levy Smith, and then you got a bunch of great names out there. Like, oh, Illinois should get like – Luke Fickle or the guy from Buffalo or someone, but there's lots of options. Then they end up on a Saturday morning during bowl season, and they're like, Brett Bielema's the next head coach. It's like, why? Why are we doing this? <laughs> and I feel like 
Then he said all the right things for months and months. He was like, we're going to recruit the state of Illinois, which is something high school coaches said Lovey Smith was not doing at all. And then you beat Nebraska. It's like, wow, we're 1-0. We opened the college football season. We opened the Rafilma era with this big win at home, a great atmosphere, Memorial Stadium. And then you lose four games in a row to UTSA, to Virginia. And then you got the Maryland and Purdue games. And you got to know he's punting inside the 35, which I know is what Brett Bielman's going to do. But Illinois had a chance to win both of those games. So, And then you beat Charlotte, which that's, that's, and that was not a pretty game. Um, so you look at where Illinois is at right now at 2-4, and four, and you're thinking, wow, I am frustrated with Brett Bielema. At the same time, this team very close to being 4-2, and two, if not 5-1. and one. So I, I am still frustrated with some of the decisions he's made, but at the end of the day, I don't know if Lovey Smith would have ever gotten this team close to 4-2 and two or 5-1 and one at this point. And I think in that way, I give him the benefit of the doubt that this is actually going pretty well so far, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I think that's a very fair assessment. You, of course, want to, to win games, but similar to Wisconsin, some of these games that they were in and ended up losing, and sometimes the score doesn't always tell the entire story of, of where a team is mm-hmm. at. But um, it, it seems like Illinois, I think one thing that I've noticed in, in the few games that I've watched, they, they seem to have at least found an identity, and Wisconsin fans know you know Brett Bielema's style of play well. It's, it's going to be turning, handing the ball off, a, a physical pro-style attack, and so far, it seems to have worked in the rushing game. I know 40th in rushing mm-hmm. offense. So with a few different guys uh, leading the attack, some familiar names I'm sure Badger fans will know um, in, in Mike Epstein that way. But what can you tell us about this rushing attack, and what have you seen from that almost a, a trio of productive backs? So, like, Mike Epstein at this point is a non-factor, actually, on this team. I like he's maybe the fourth option, maybe the fifth option to run <laughs> the ball. I'd say Brandon Peters is more likely to get more runs on Saturday than – Mike Epstein. But the two guys that Brett Bielema kind of inherited, and they kind of work really well in his system, you got a ground and pound back in Josh McCray, who is going to be the lead back here for the next four years. He's only a freshman. Uh, he had a big game uh, against uh, Maryland. Um, he did well against Purdue. He wasn't as good against Charlotte, but in Charlotte, against Charlotte, you have Chase Brown, who ran for the fourth most yards in program history, 247 yards. And so, and Chase Brown's much more of a quick back, a lot smaller and fast. And so, you got those two guys together, in a way, they kind of look like a Jonathan Taylor type or someone. Uh, I wouldn't say they are Jonathan Taylor, but you get a lot of different options between those two guys. And with an offensive line that actually has kind of struggled so far because of some injuries and they've just had trouble protecting the quarterback, uh, they've actually still been able to get a lot of production on the ground. And so, when you got those options, it really opens up the passing game, which I'm sure we'll get to, where there's not a good quarterback on this team. But if there was, this offense would be a lot more explosive because this running game is really setting it up to be successful. Yeah, I'm glad. That was a nice transition. I appreciate that. because so The next question was, of course, in the, the passing game and, uh, of course, the conversation around um, quarterback one. I know it's back to Brandon Peters after some injury, but so far this year, 49% of his passes completed is, is the problem – Sorry, what? That's not good. <laughs> no, you want to be <laughs> higher than that. I know Wisconsin fans listening to this will will know all about uh, quarterback play that has not been pretty. <laughs> but in terms of the passing game issues, is it is it is it just Peter struggling or a line that's not protecting well, or maybe a combo of both? And is it possible that we see um, Art Sitkowski the backup on Saturday? Yeah. So if you go to the Champagne Room right now, we did some some Illinois already played six games, and it's only October 5th. And so we're at the halfway point of the season. And so we did a report card, and one of our writers really looked into, uh, obviously, each position group and, like, looked into some advanced stats. And so Art Sikowski doesn't qualify for any, like, passing records right now because he's only played three games. But at the same time, if you actually put him in where, like, he would be if he qualified, he's above most Big Ten quarterbacks. So while we think Art Sikowski was the terrible starter at Rutgers for a freshman season, and he was put in a terrible situation with Chris Ash. Um, at the same time, we all think at this point Art Zikowski could should start because he gives the offense at least some kind of completion percentage, some kind of movements in the pocket, where Brandon Peters, he can scramble, but he's not able to get the ball out quick enough. At the same time, I don't blame it entirely on the quarterbacks. There is not a good wide receiver on this team 
two of the best wide receivers, Isaiah Williams and Deuce Spam, are converted quarterbacks. So Illinois had about six quarterbacks on this roster. Those two guys were moved outside this year, and they're somehow two of the best wide receivers on this team. So there is not a good offense that has a lot of weapons on this team outside of the backfield at this point. Yeah, I think the, the, the overall consensus of Art Switkowski is probably a fair one. I like that you mentioned that his situation at Rutgers probably does not tell the whole story mm-hmm. for him as a player. Of course, back then, that, that Rutgers program was uh, a dumpster fire, to put it lightly. Yeah. So probably a good situation for him to get out of there. And, and I think at least everything that I've seen from the limited time, he looks like a player that um, is, is playing pretty well. Um, so I'll be interested to see if he ends up getting some snaps against Wisconsin. I know Badger fans, in terms of quarterback questions, uh, there's floating all over this week here as well. Of course, mm-hmm. with Graham Mertz being a little bit banged up, but hopefully he'll be able to go. Um, you mentioned Isaiah Williams moved back to wide receiver. He seems to be one of the more explosive players to help in the passing game. I know you mentioned that it's been struggling, but how has his contributions been at that spot, and, and where would Illinois be, really, if, if he wasn't a guy that was at least giving you something uh, on the outside? Yeah, so like they have guys like Casey Washington still and Donnie Navarro, so they have some other wideouts. But at the end of the day, the quickest wide receiver you probably have is a guy like Isaiah Williams, who was a five-star athlete coming out of high school. He only won to Illinois because he was from St. Louis, and Corey Patterson is the tight ends coach um, who was his high school coach. And then uh, Illinois was the only team that was going to let him actually play quarterback. So he could have gone literally anywhere in the country and played wide receiver. So we think we know he's a good athlete, and we think he's a good wide receiver. But at the same time, if Brandon Peters can't get him the ball, his contributions are going to be very limited. And that's the way it's been so far. So I don't think it's fair to really judge the wide receiver group, but I don't think it's fair to judge the quarterback group because neither is all that talented. And so they're not helping each other, kind of, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And switching now to the defense a little bit, we, of course, talked about Brett Bielema. That, of course, means the departure of Lovey Smith, which means Mm -hmm. no longer sitting in that Tampa 2 defense all day long. So, overall, what has been kind of the strengths and units of this defensive group uh, throughout the six games? Yeah, so I feel like it's really picked up steam the past few games. Uh, The Virginia game was the turning point. They gave up two touchdowns in the first three minutes, and then it looked like it was going to be a 63 to nothing kind of game. They only lost by four scores, but it could have been a lot worse. But since then, against Maryland, against Purdue, and against Charlotte, this defense now helmed by Ryan Walters, who was at Mizzou before, so he had to compete with SEC teams, and Mizzou has not been awful the past few years. They've actually been fairly decent. Um, he's switched, he's shifted onto a 3-4, and it's just been a lot more effective, I think. They're able to actually shut down the run, but the big thing Illinois struggled with was a lot of those huge plays where it just they would get gashed for 40 or 50-yard passes. We're seeing a lot of 10 to 15-yard passes, but we're not really seeing any teams so far, especially Maryland's with uh, Tailua Tagovailoa. Um, he wasn't able to kind of be as explosive as he's been the first few weeks of the season. And so I just give him a lot of credit where Lovey Smith was getting gashed for 63 points every other week when he was the defensive coordinator and head coach. We're not seeing that now. And there's they've had a lot of injuries uh, so far. Jake Hansen has not been the Jake Hansen we've known for the past five seasons. Um, but still, this defense is coming along, and I don't think they're great, but I don't think they're as bad as you might have thought they would be. Yeah, I think that's a, a very fair assessment based on where they've been at, and it definitely seems like they've been a unit that's played a little bit better compared to, like you said, in, in years yeah. past. But um, you, you mentioned Jake Hansen. I know that's a name that Badger fans might know. Who are some other names that Badger fans should maybe be look be on the lookout for uh, on the defensive side of the ball? So I think not this season because he got hurt against Nebraska, but Calvin Hart was a linebacker that was playing right alongside Jake Hansen. Um, he had an injury against Nebraska. He's out for the rest of the season, but he was actually Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week in Week Zero. So in a game where he left early, he was still the best player on the team. And so that's a guy with two more years of eligibility that you should really expect. Um, and then the one guy I look out for that's really helped, again, as I said, they haven't been gashed by 40, 50-yard plays this season, is Sidney Browns. That's the twin brother of Chase Brown. So they're from Canada. They didn't get many offers coming in. They wanted to play college football in the U.S. They didn't get many offers, and so they both went to Illinois. And Sidney Brown, this huge defensive back, he's basically like the opposite of his brother. He hits like a truck, huge guy, really quick, just like his brother in that way. And he has really taken on the role of playing on the other team's best wideouts and really shutting them down. So a shutdown corner, can also play safety, really doing a good job. 
They, uh, Wisconsin, Ches Malusi might get a bunch of running rushing yards, which I know that's obviously been an issue too for the Badgers, but I don't think uh, Graham Ritz or Chase Wolf will really be able to have any big passes on Saturday. I think that's uh, a perfectly fair way to, to put it, and that'll be something I think in terms of a matchup uh, a lot of Badger fans will be watching for is how this passing game tries to um, yeah. develop after – one good quarter last week, but overall the rest of the quarters being uh, pretty poor um, is yeah. the general consensus. But speaking of that, what is maybe one matchup or, or thing you'll be watching for as these two teams square off and that could be a determining factor in this game? Well, I think if Graham Mertz does play in what you said yesterday, that he feels good enough, he practiced on Monday after being in the hospital on Saturday, uh, I the one thing I'm looking out for is you look back at last year's season opener between these two teams, Graham Mertz had a historically good game. And so what I'm thinking is, is he able to do that again? Like, obviously, I don't think – I think what Illinois did last year was they made Graham Mertz look like a Heisman candidate when he really wasn't a Heisman candidate, obviously. Um, and so was he able to have that kind of success again? Do these guys on Illinois' defense remember how bad that game was? And they want to step up and actually prove that they're better than that? That's the one thing I'm looking out for. Um, I think they will. I don't think Graham Mertz has obviously been that spectacular this season, and I think Illinois can shut them down. I don't think they win the game, but I think they can definitely stick around for most of it. All right, well, with that, that's another nice transition. Why don't you give me a uh, prediction, a score prediction, what do you think will be the end result? Because I'll be honest with you, I really have no idea what to expect <laughs> coming into this game. I saw Wisconsin open as an eight no, eight-and-a-half-point favorite, and my eyes um, just – shot open when I saw that number, but doesn't seem like it should be that. But at this point, I really have no idea what we're going to see from these two on Saturday. If I say 24 to 23, will you get some PTSD? Yeah. That this yeah. <laughs> Don't throw that one out there. Our listeners all is, just shivered from that. <laughs> it is homecoming again. I just want to wow. make that clear. But Illinois is not wearing the gray uniforms anymore. <laughs> there you go. That has come to an end. Uh, I don't know if that was a Brett Bielma thing. I don't know if he was like, these are ugly because they are. They're also not Illinois' scholars. Um, if I have to do a score prediction, I'm going to go Wisconsin wins this one 20-14. I think it's very low scoring because I think both these offenses have a lot of issues. I, I don't think Illinois gets above 30 points again this season. Uh, but at the same time, I don't think Wisconsin can also score 30 points. So 20-14, to 14, Illinois covers. And maybe Art Zikowski comes in. They'll line I have a chance to win it at the end, but they can't score <laughs> yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's probably an accurate portrayal of what this game could be. I'm I, I'm I'm certainly not holding my breath for any team um, with with Wisconsin involved yeah. uh, hitting that 30 point mark because it's just been a, a rough go of it on offense. But we'll see on Saturday as these two teams try to bounce back from what has been a rough start of the season. Stephen, thank you very much for taking the time. We always enjoy talking to you. Uh, enjoy. The, uh, the Wisconsin-Illinois game as much as you can on Saturday. Oh, I don't think that's possible, but I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Badger fans, that wraps up another episode of the podcast. We'll be back with you next week to recap this contest, as always, on Wisconsin.